This is a podcast from Minute Media. It's the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast with Alex Trateris, John Malika, and Ricey on the beat. Let's go. What's good, everyone? Alex Jeteris here with another Knicks episode of the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast. And with me is always my buddy, my coach, my pal, the man with a plan, the guy who's ready. He's going to be there opening night. He's going to be there to, to cheer on the orange and blue. My guy, the one and only, John Malika. John, how are you doing today, my guy? <laughs> I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm really excited about Knicks home opener, but training camp's here. Preseason's coming. And somehow, dude, somehow that's the only thing that's going to get us back up. I can't believe we're here, but the Yankees are causing stress. The Jets are the Jets, as usual. <laughs> and for some, somehow, the world has made it so that the Knicks are the ones that are going to are going to get us up here. So I'm excited, man. NBA starting a little bit earlier this year, so we we have a really cool Christmas game coming. Like I, the Knicks are back, and we're back, and. I'm hyped, man. I'm just really hyped. How are you doing? I'm good, man. You know, living, uh, living the dream with the quarantine cats. So that's always fun. That's always uh, a <laughs> how nice... those cats doing, dude? Not good. It's painful. Right, it's, cool. painful. Right. it's painful. <laughs> Ringworm is a terrible thing. Ne- it's, it is it is legitimately cat COVID. I can't. I can't. I can't. I'm tired of this. It's been a month, and then apparently there may be two to three months, <laughs> two two one to two more months to go of this. So I will be going nuts by the end of it. But John, bearing the lead, we got a phenomenal guest with us today. The one and only Dean of Knicks Film School, host of the Knicks Film School podcast. We got with us today, the one and only Jonathan Macri. Mr. Macri, how are you doing today, my man? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm doing well. Um, what, probably for the best that there's only one of me. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I, I wreck havoc wherever I go. No, I'm good, man. Uh, you know, it's cool that we got past media day. I don't know, for whatever reason, like it's a meaningless day, but like, getting past media days. It's like, okay, the season has started, even though like we still have whatever it is, three weeks worth of preseason games and the whole thing. But like, yeah, we're here, man. It's a new season. It's been really a whirlwind since the bubble. Uh, the NBA really hasn't taken a break, but um, I'm happy because I just, I missed the next. So I'm happy to get it back. For sure. And it's true. Like it has, it's been a whirlwind since COVID started. Really doesn't feel like the NBA has, it took a break for like, what seven months somewhere around that time before it started back up in August yeah. was it March something something along along those lines I'm not, I can't do math right now so well, you had that time though. period that was like the only time off and then next thing you know we're back into the bubble and then after that we're back into the regular season with only yeah. like a few months in between and now we have just what seems like an eternity but not really an eternity and now we're back to another season of the NBA just to get back on track but I'm with you man I'm happy media day. I don't know. I guess media day has always been like that. It's always the day to say the NBA is back, but this year it's just different because there's actually an expectation for the New York Knicks this time. So I'm actually yeah. happy that there's actually something that we can look forward to in the season with new additions in Kemba Walker, Evan Fournier. Um, hopefully to see this team have a better offensive output than last season, especially with the starters. So yeah, for I'm sure. excited. I'm excited for that. Um, but based off that for media day, how, after hearing all the reactions, I guess we could start off with 
Well, let's not even. It's so hard to start off with media day because the the president the president of basketball operations also spoke last <laughs> a couple of days ago. I mean, so it's kind of to me, it was like a two day media day, right? It was the first half yeah. was on Friday, and then the second half was on Monday. Like I, to me, I don't. I I, I mean, I God, we who amongst us has not written a blog post in which we pick apart like. Uh, several quotes, right, and like flowery language, and like all of the platitudes, and and all this stuff. Um, you know, Leon Rose saying we're going to be aggressive, but we're also going to be patient. And like I joked on my show, like Steve Mill said the same shit three, four years ago, whatever it was. You know, <laughs> I mean, it's like these these people all say the same things. Um, I think I think there were a couple couple notable. Uh, obviously, the vaccination thing is huge, but like you know. Mitch isn't ready to go. I thought that was notable. Um, I thought the way I thought the way Kemba spoke about playing with Derrick Rose and what it meant mm-hmm. for him to play with Derrick Rose, I think that was that was somewhat significant. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I, I I don't have like a quote at my fingertips, but like it's because like I, I I'm always curious how Nick fans think of this team and like what to expect from certain players. It is still very clear to me that the expectation or the internal view of this team, right? Is that it's still Julius Randall and everybody else, right? Like he's their all they Obviously they mentioned him as their all-star. Um, and yeah, Tibbs was like, yeah, we could hope, we hope to develop or, or produce another one. Um, but I still look at it as they feel like the team got better around Julius Randall and not that like Julius Randall is suddenly going to have like a co-star, so to speak. I still, I still think this is going to be a very Randall-centric team, um, and that he obviously is still the face of the franchise and the whole thing. So I don't know if that's like news, but that's one thing that I kind of got from the the tenor of the you know the couple of days. You know, it's so funny, Macri. Literally, the last time we had you here was last year's media day, and you literally had to go. To get on that Zoom for Nick's yeah. media day, and yeah. there was a huge, and there was a huge panic, right? Like we're talking about Randall and what's going to happen, what yeah, are we gonna do, and everything. And like literally, right now, you're sitting here. We're so even keeled. We're so calm. <laughs> you can so easily say that Randall's running the franchise. You know what I mean? Like, because we so got crazy. proof of concept, right? Like we we saw him do it, and I, I understand they had five awful games. And, and actually, I thought his response to that was really great. I love the fact that he said he went back and he watched all the games and um, that he overthought it because that's exactly what he did. You know, like you're, you're rarely going to hear a player admit that he got too far into his own head. But that's isn't that kind of what he said? Like he got in his own head, you know, so I appreciate that. Yeah, for yeah, sure. I, I, I love that he said he overcomplicated the playoffs because I feel like we all overcomplicated the playoffs. I mean, we we talked. Look, they got beat by they got beat by a vastly better team. Like, let's just let's just call it good. The, the Hawks were. I know their record wasn't wasn't the same, but like the Hawks were a better team. It was. There's no question the Hawks were a better team. Um, you know, we'll see what happens this year if the two teams face better? each other again. Are they still? I think on paper they're better. Um, I I don't know. It's tough for me to to compare the Knicks at this point without having seen them play. Cause I want to see, I mean, I think like everybody else, I want to see what Kemba looks like. Mm-hmm. Like that's the most, to me, that's far and away the most obvious thing because I think, I think Randall's going to be really good again. Um, I think Randall's going to benefit from playing off of some new pieces. I think, you know, what you, like Fournier, like, you know what you're going to get from Fournier. 
Uh, Rose, you're, I mean, hopefully he doesn't take a step back. He's still only 31, so, you know, and he hasn't played a ton of games in his career. I think Rose is going to be fine. And even RJ, like, yeah, we're all, we're all pumped for RJ year three. I'm pumped for RJ year three. But, like, you know, even if he has it or is more comfortable with, like, some off-the-dribble threes, and even if he's, you know, worked on his finishing around the rim, I don't think you're going to come out, like, he's going to come out and play, like, you know, a, a guy who's going to make a like, I personally don't see him making a serious run for an all-star team this year. I know a lot of Knicks fans are, are, are think I'm crazy and that that's insane. I think he will make all-star teams, multiple all-star teams. I just don't know if we're going to see it this year. He's 21 years old, you know? So like all this is to say, I think he's going to be very good. But again, we, we kind of know what we're going to get from RJ. If Kemba could be honestly, just be the guy he was last year when he was on the court. Like that dude was fine. Freaking yeah. awesome, especially <laughs> after after the first ten games of the season when and by the mm-hmm. way, he didn't have a training camp. So just just give me the guy. He was efficient. He hit some threes. It was just it wasn't consistent because he was in and out of the lineup, and I think that hurt the Celtics, which is why, again, the other part of Kemba is I, I not only want to see how he looks, but I want to see how often he's playing and what their plan is for him. Like, is he gonna be sitting every every back to back? Because I, I I counted up. The Knicks have definitely more than ten back to backs. Um, so, you know, what's, what's the plan? What are they going to do? Well, you heard, we heard from him today, right? Uh, yeah. and I think, uh, uh, was it Fred, Fred, uh, is it Fred or Frank Cat? Frank Katz, uh, uh yeah. Fred Katz, yeah. Fred Katz, from Cat, Fred Katz, uh, the new, uh, uh, yeah, the new reporter for the Knicks beat, uh, over at the athletic, he had that tweet today saying that Kemba, it was in his decision to sit yeah. out, you know, back to backs. It was the Celtics decision. So, Yep. And we know from we know from the joke from Tom Thibodeau saying, you know, yes, that Kemba would be playing back to back. So I, I I would expect that he'd be playing, even though it's a joke. But I think that Tom Thibodeau's not the guy to let anyone like unless Kemba's seriously hurt and he needs that rest, I think Kemba's gonna play because Tibbs thinks about winning first and foremost, and that he's gonna need him to be on the on the court to give this team the best opportunity to play right next to Julius Randle. So if he's not there, you know, maybe it's rough because uh, unless you start seeing, unless you start thinking Derek Rose is like, go start hop into the lineup when Ken is missing. And then you have to rely on Derek Rose, but then Derek Rose is another guy that you got to worry about. So I think Ken just going to be playing. I think he's, I think he'll be fine this season. I think, I think Celtics fans are just salty that they didn't get a good Kemba. I think that's why they're talking down on him. Well, no, I mean, but that's the thing is I really do think they got a good Kemba, but I think if you look, just look at his game log, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think he, I mean, maybe he played more than like five or six straight games one time. If that, yeah. just because there were so many back-to-backs and like, I, you know, um, I to, I've talked to, you know, Adam Taylor a bunch. He, he writes for Celtics blog and he like watches every one of their games and his opinion is just that that I mean there were other issues with that team, but they were just they lacked a certain amount of consistency. Um, which is you know I mean like when your starting point guard isn't there every whatever seventh or eighth or tenth day, like I, I want which is why I just I, if there was a way and again I don't know what his doctors are saying, but like if there was if they thought that playing him this is going to be the hill that I'm going to die on this preseason <laughs> if they thought if they think that playing him every every game but only limiting him to like 22 24 maybe 26 minutes to me that makes a hell of a lot more sense than having him play 30 31 32 whatever it's going to be but like resting him you know however often they're going to rest him just because like why wouldn't you want to do that like and in a perfect world 
you have him and Rose for every game, but just play them around 22, 24 minutes a night. Even if, like hell, play them 20 minutes a game and give quickly eight minutes a game is like, <laughs> as like the, no, I'm, I'm like, I'm not even kidding. They, because like this team does not lack for ball handlers. I think is, is quickly ready to be like a starting point guard. Of course not. He's not ready for that, but like, can he handle some possessions for you? Can Fournier handle some possessions for you? Can like we saw Burks play point guard last year? I thought he did an admirable job of it. Um, we were all we all thought that he was maybe the answer in the playoffs that he should be starting. Um, so yeah, I don't I don't know what the plan is. I just I, I again I just want to see it if they could figure that out and if if Kemba looks good and they could get him on the court more often than not. Like if you told me that they were going to be you know, the three seed or the four seed, I'd be like, all right, I'm not, I don't know that I would say that, but it wouldn't, I don't think that would be shocking. Like that completely shocking. But that's the good thing about the Knicks this season, right? They have a lot of depth. So yeah. especially, especially at the garden, at the, like, I, I feel like at almost every position, like they have a lot of depth, maybe not so much on the wing, but I feel well, like center wise and guard wise, we're, we're pretty stacked. I, I like, I mean, the depth at center, I mean, you can't say enough about Taj Gibson. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but it's what, what I like about it also specifically is like, so Noel can play 30 minutes a night, right? If he needs to, mm-hmm. we maybe don't want to see that. I mean, I'm let put Mitch aside, right? Cause right now, Mitch, we don't know if he's, he's, he didn't scrimmage today. So we don't know how close he is. You know, Taj can give you 20, 25 minutes. We haven't seen Randall at the five, but we know that if there was a situation where you had to put Randall on the floor for 30 some odd minutes and have five or 10 of those be at the five, and then extend Obi into the twenties. I think that would be fine too. So, like, I think they have really, really solid depth at the big spots. We just talked about the ball handlers. You nailed it with the with the the the, the dirty little secret. I think for this team is they can't really afford an injury on the wing. Like, just imagine imagine if RJ Barrett got hurt. Like, I don't want to imagine oh, that. No, Jesus, to stop. I don't want to put that energy out there. But like, no, but they'd be, they'd be seriously screwed because he's oh, yeah. their, obviously he's their best wing defender. Um, he's turned into obviously a very reliable shooter. Like, I, I don't even know that they would miss the offense as much as like the, the defense, but it just, you're losing so much depth because then you figure whatever quickly Burks goes into the starting lineup. And then all of a sudden you're looking around for bench pieces and it's like, are you putting Grimes in the game as a rookie? I mean, I, I want to see Grimes. I like Grimes. I think he's going to be a good player. But, you know, Ke- say Kevin Knox's name, like Dwayne Bacon. Is Dwayne Bacon even going to make this this roster? I will see. But, yeah, no, they're a little thin at the wing. But at the same time, if everybody stays healthy, I think they'll I think they'll be fine. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm really curious about your Kemba Walker 20-minute. Uh, Maybe know, not 20, like 24, 20. Yeah, I know. I get what you're saying. I'm just saying, like the part time, the part time Kemba instead of taking games off. But the problem is, there's a human element, and I feel yeah. like if you put if you put Kemba Walker there, it's just not going to work. Like you're not going to be able to take him out after 20, and it's not in his DNA, and it's not in the coach's DNA. And well, so, yeah, go ahead. I, no, I, I, I would rather quickly just like know before coming into the game, like almost like a backup quarterback, know that I'm about to get some minutes today behind Rose. And like, kind of be ready for that role instead of having like a twenty-minute Kemba. Because, I mean, I'm not—I don't want to say EP, but like those EP minutes where you know is going to be like kind of like trash minutes, and you're yeah. sort of waiting for him to get out. Like, a, like when you say Kemba Walker's on a limited, you know, minute restriction, we're going to be talking about that for, for three hours going into the game. Everybody's going to be talking about that. Like, we're all going to be super. Well, you know, that's going to be the game plan. 
I, that, that's what worries me there about that. I don't know if it would become a talking point only because of Derrick Rose. And I think if you look at Derrick Rose's averages over the last couple of years, um, he's been pretty consistently averaging 25 minutes a night. I think Derrick Rose what, likes playing about half the game. Um, I think that's part of why he wanted to come here. I think he knew the opportunity would be there for him to play about half the game. And if you're, if you're playing Kemba, let's just say again, for argument's sake, if you're playing him 30 minutes a night, right? And you play him then on, on those nights. So that that's 18 minutes left, right? For Rose, mm-hmm. unless you're going to put the two of them on the floor at the same time. I'm not sure. Again, Injuries may change this, but if the Knicks have a relatively healthy rotation, I'm not sure putting Rose and Walker on the floor at the same time is the best use of resources. I feel like you keep those guys separate. Um, and I, I just don't think Derek Rose wants to play 16, 18 minutes a night. I think he wants to play in the low 20s. So if he wants to play in the low 20s or average in the low 20s, like, again, is there a way where, you, you know, Kemba plays more on the nights he plays, and then you take him out of the lineup altogether, and and Rose is essentially the starter and plays thirty some odd minutes. That, but like again, I'm not a, obviously I'm not a doctor. I don't know the science of it. Yeah. What's what's smarter, like pushing a guy past thirty minutes, three out of every four games, or four out of every five games, or 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 giving them less consistently? And like, what is we saw what going over his limit too many games in a row did to did to Derrick Rose last year? I just. Yeah. I don't know. I, I would trust the doctors. I would honestly listen to whatever the doctor said, and then I would go from there. But I have to think at this point in his career, Kemba, Kemba wants oh, to win. Yeah, empty the yeah. tank type deal. Yeah, well, he wants to win. I think he wants to. Yeah. I think he wants to empty the tank. And I think, like, is he really going to like his four minutes a game or five minutes a game or six minutes a game, whatever it is, going to make huge difference to him? I don't know. Maybe it will. I maybe I'm wrong. Um, but it seems like. I, I I hope I hope he thinks like okay this is my last opportunity to really you know give like give it a go he's don't forget guy's been to the playoffs what three times in, I mean he's won two playoff series yeah yeah you know? so yeah. Um, and they were both with the with the or maybe no two two playoff series primary he's yeah. primary ball handler on on both those so yeah I I agree but let, let let's go to you kind of mentioned a little bit with the big men mm. before we get into the Mitch extension, uh, which I know, which I know you've gone off on a bunch. I'm curious because I'm curious about Obi because you're the only person so far this entire offseason that's been on the same page with me. Everybody's been calling me crazy, Macri. So you're here <laughs> with me saying that Obi can get 20 minutes a game. And I, I think he could reach up to that potential and I don't think he's going to put up those. I don't want to call them embarrassing minutes that he had last year, but just like those confusion minutes. Like I, I think he's, I think he's going to be really solid in whatever he's given, whether it's like twelve, you know, to fourteen at, to start and then bump up. And I have him as our our most val or like I have him as our best player off the bench. I know he might not be our most important because oh, wow. like we have Burks, we have obviously Rose, we have the guards, but just in terms of big men, right? <laughs> because who knows what we're going to get out of Mitch and Noel, and hopefully Taj, and then. You know, what if Randall has a bad game? Like, then what? <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, like, who, who's there? You know, you know what I'm trying to say? I think I think Randall's earned the right to, for the time being at least, shoot his shoot his way out of bad games. I I, I don't think there's a there's a leash on on Randall. Um, I don't I don't know that I'd say Obi's their be- their best player off the bench. I I think that would be Rose. I I'd put Burke still ahead of Obi, and honestly, I'd put I still put quickly ahead of Obi. I think, but here's the thing. 
Obi, for, for him to play a valuable role, like, just be, if, even if he is the 10th man or the ninth man, ninth man, 10th man, whatever you want to say, just be great in that role. And I think he was, he was passable in that role last year. I don't think his presence ever hurt them. I don't think Obi Toppin ever lost them games, but you know why Obi Toppin never lost the games? Because when he was having a shitty game, Tibbs would yank his ass, you know? And yeah. So like, can you, can you turn that around and turn into a player who Tibbs has to look at and be like, man, I really don't want to take this guy off the floor. Like force Tibbs hand like that. Put the Peyton thing aside. The Peyton thing was its own thing, and like it, that, I think that had to do with other factors. Like, I don't think Tibbs made any decisions last year where you looked at and you're like, I don't understand why he's doing this, or this doesn't make basketball sense. Like, he, yeah, could he have played Obi Toppin more minutes? Sure, he could have. Was was his did his play warrant that? I don't think it did. No, definitely not last year. No, but, I, I, but it's just like it's just like my. Uh, I guess most improved. I just. No, I think he's his good. Listen, just yeah, I just like last I'm year was very a, high was, was a rookie year. Yeah, yeah, no, he's a rookie, and he's a, he uh, and he showed he's been a late bloomer at every stage of his career. And again, look, it's, it's the NBA; it's a different animal than the A10. Um, but I, I think he has the work ethic, and I, I that was another thing. Again, take it with a grain of salt. But when Tibbs said, spoke just glowingly about Top in a media day. Um, having put in the work and he's like, what do he say? He's like a different player from last year. He's like unrecognizable, whatever. Like that stuff is huge. I, I love that. We, he was fine right away from deep during summer league, like without hesitation, taking whatever it was, almost six threes a game. Yeah. Um, you know, hit him at 35%. It's summer league. Sure. But that's, that's a good sign. Um, look, can he, he can get, there's a lot of ways to get to 20 minutes and I had to think, you know, you, you get a little bit more time, maybe in some garbage time games, you know, it's like, but just, I don't think it's necessarily even about the minutes. I think it's about the the quality of the role that he is handed during those minutes. Like he was a floor spacing big last year. You like let him do some stuff. That's what I want to see. If you let him do some stuff, I think you're, you're going to see more. You know, you're going to get more rewards out of that. Yeah, and we saw like as you point out, we saw some improvement from Obi Toppin during summer summer league. He got more comfortable, especially working in the paint. Yeah. Definitely from shooting from three. I think what I would say from like watching it from summer league though is that he still looks like he could develop some more confidence. He didn't seem like he was completely confident every time he went down in the post or I agree. Fully, fully like fluid in everything that he wanted to do. Like he was doing it and he was he's comfortable not. doing it, but he wasn't necessarily comfortable or like com- not, not saying comfortable, com- comfort, actually, yeah, comfortable and confident doing it. So I would think we're going to get another where we would need one more year of Obi Toppin to, um, to really see what he can do. But I agree, like quality of minutes to be very important. I don't like I'm not with you and, and John. Like we had a we had a Knicks episode where we discussed, you know, who would be our team's like MVP, six man of the year, like all those awards, but just focus on the Knicks. And John had it for both most improved and six man of the year. Obi Toppin. Um, yeah, he, he wanted to choose both, but he couldn't choose both. He chose, I think he ch- you chose Obi for six man of the year, but most improved, you chose uh or no, because I know the guards. Because yeah, I know the yeah. guards. Like obviously, like D Rose and, and and quickly and IQ. Like we know they run the team. But like who I'm really looking for to like really make a difference of the bench this year is Obi, and he. I, I feel like he's gonna make the difference in whether or not we win those close games because he's in those 
you know, bad minutes, like those eight minutes at the end, you know, in the middle of the second or those eight minutes in the third where we always lose, you know, Nick's in the third yeah, quarter, the worst thing on earth. <laughs> it's so, up, it's, but it's up to him to, to turn them into good minutes, you know? Um, and that's on him. And that's why they, you know, that's why they drafted him. And I, I, I think, I think we're going to see a much better version of him this year. I just, I don't know what the ceiling is, is going to be. That's, that's the only thing I'm not sure of. I agree 100%. Someone tweeted tweeted at me today asking if the New York Jets or if Obi Toppin would have more points uh, this season. And I am a firm believer in Obi Toppin. It was very yeah, mean. Yeah, bro, it's, the slander but, is so well, real. I, it is so real for Jets fans right now. Uh, not not going to go into that team because I would just start crying uh, on the spot. But the actually, if we want to go into it, Obi Toppin did have more points than the New York Jets last season. He had 253 to the Jets, 243. So ah. I'll take – I'll take Obi Toppin this year pretty, uh, to have more pretty, points. <laughs> pretty close. Cool. Yeah, I, I would comfortably take Toppin, actually, as well. Oh, oh, you guys are spicy. <laughs> we got to put a bet on it right now because I have to take the Jets. As much as I love Obi, I hate both of you right now. <laughs> I mean, the Jets haven't scored a touchdown within eight quarters, so it's That's not looking too good right That's now. That's <laughs> fine. We got, the, we, got the, we got the Atlanta Falcons coming up in two weeks. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> oh, man. But no, I, I agree with Obi. I think – I, I guess for me, it's like really, where's that 20 minutes coming from? I know like you both are saying we can do Randall at the five and I can totally see Randall doing at the five, but it's not me. It's not us seeing Randall at the five is does, does Mr. Tom Thibodeau see OB at the five? Cause we, we got some of that last year. Um, but it was, I forget the the minute total. I think it was, I think it was like 200 some odd minutes that uh, Randall did at small ball five, I, but that was because of injuries. I just yeah. don't see how, how common that's going to be. And I don't, I, I know I've, I've seen that stat. Like, I don't think that that's like, he really didn't play with top and hardly at all. Um, yeah. And I, I, there, there, there's some like quirky stuff where like, I, I don't know. I think like either Noel or Gibson was considered like a power forward for some reason. I've looked into that. It seems like more minutes than <laughs> that was actually the case. Um, but uh, no, I mean, look it, again, it's Tibbs is a, he's, he, he, it goes with what he's comfortable with, and he's obviously comfortable with a with a more traditional, you know, defensive pick and roll uh, type center. And that's hey, listen, who who are we to criticize, right? It worked last season, so you know, if it's not broke, you know, don't fix it. <laughs> it did, and like, so I'm going to ask you, like, who who are you looking for then, like, to, for the season? Like, what player are you like honing in on to like watch, like, grow? Is it RJ? Are you looking for like Mitch to take that leap? If you had to choose like one player, who are you trying to? Hone in on and see true growth and development. Um, that's a great question. Um, I, I, I have, I have a strange soft spot slash fascination um, with Emmanuel quickly, and <laughs> I just, I think it was so incredibly impressive that like I, I this is going to sound insane. But I still think back to that preseason game, right? Against the Cavs and Madison Square Garden when the Cavs were playing with like, they were, they already were going to be one of the worst teams in the league and they were playing with like their G League squad. So again, take it with many grains of salt. But his, it was a start in the garden. No fans, I know, but just <laughs> he absolutely owned it. Like, like absolutely unfazed. And then the regular season started. He got hurt. He was out for a few games mm-hmm. and then he just stepped right back in and like from the get go, just absolute stones taking big shots. Absolutely. No fear of the moment. 
Um, their offense came to life whenever he was in the game. It didn't matter if he went eight for 15 or two for 15, like maybe two for 15 is a little extreme, but like <laughs> you, but like, no, but you'd look up on nights where he didn't have his best shooting touch. And, but if you watch the games, just him being in there, nobody else provided what he did to their offense. Now growth is not linear um, with NBA players often, but like, I'm, I, and I, he shot it terribly at Summer League, which was also kind of funny. Um, I want to see what year two looks like for Emmanuel quickly because I am, I like, if, look, if you could shoot it in this league and you could hold your own on defense, like he's a little guard, he's not a big guard. Um, you know, so that, that part may be a little challenging, but like if you could shoot it with range and off the dribble and the whole thing and like, man, you're a weapon. And I just want to see where I want to see where his game goes. I'm still really eye on him, so I would say quickly. Okay. What about you, John? Who, who are you honing in on? Is it Obi Toppin? No, no, no. I'm hoping it on RJ, man. R, R, year three, RJ makes the biggest difference in the world. I, I know you guys alluded to it. Like, well, what happened if RJ is out? <laughs> I, I agree. I what would happen if RJ is out? The, the, the whole point is. I think he's already turning 21. Like he's so yeah. we we act like this guy is you know, past his prime, you know, rolling on 32, 33 and we're asking, what else can you do for me? The guy is like, like just growing facial hair. So <laughs> I, I'm really excited for RJ to play defense, be that guy. Like he, he just looks bigger. Like Julius Randle to me looks thinner at media day. I know it's just like the first day of media day, but for some, something about him just looks like a it, little it smaller. Looks Obi, yeah. And Obi looks bigger. Right. And RJ looks more like a man, like more, more like like less of a boy. And that's what I'm hoping he plays like. I'm hoping he gets number one respect from let's call it as it is officials. Let, 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 let's hoping he gets respect from his teammates to score. And I don't want him to just be that corner three point shooter, even though he was leading the league in, you know, that percentage for. I don't know if he ended the year leading the league from the corner three, but I know yeah, he, for most he, of the season he was. He was, he was, you know, by that, uh, forget who puts together those graphics. Kirk, Kirk Goldsberry has had RJ as the most, the most, um, proficient by whatever metric he used corner, corner three point shooter from that, from the left corner. Yeah. Um, I, I will say this though. I, I think, I think Tibbs, they and the organization. I don't know if it was an organizational decision or if it was a Thibodeau decision. I think they did a nice job making sure RJ got his touches and quality touches that gave him a chance to try to do something with the ball pretty much in every game last season. Like, I know there were some fans who, like, literally anytime Alfred Payton did anything and RJ was on the court, they're like, ah, why is RJ not on the ball? Like, Payton was on the team, he was going to get touches, he was going to do stuff, he was the point guard of the team. I agree, with, I agree, it was a waste of time. But like, I think RJ got a good opportunity last year to continue to hone his skill set, and I, I think that that's going to come in handy um, this year. As like again, because like you said, he's only twenty one, and he's gotten better. It's what again, this is a different conversation than when we were like Kevin Knox, only twenty one, because he <laughs> yeah. got worse. He yeah. got worse. <laughs> his, yeah, we were his, hoping that he develops a shot. You know what yeah. I mean? Like RJ Barrett, we're hoping he develops into an all-star. His, it's a whole his, different conversation. His his peak as an NBA player, Knox was his like his second month in the league. So um, no, RJ's a, definitely a different uh, a different animal for sure. I, I, I'm hoping he's the one that guards Trey Young. You know, in that game one last possession, I don't want to bring someone off the bench. I don't want, like trust RJ. He's a, he's yeah, the no. franchise guy. You know, or one A or one B. Like he's he's supposedly our best defender. 
just put him on them. Like, put yeah. him on Trey Young. If he fails, I'm okay with R.J. Barrett failing rather than, you know, a cold whoever it's going to be, whether it's Frank or obviously not now, no, it's gonna it, be whoever it is. Like, it, anyone off the bench, just give me R.J. Like, let's live and die by R.J. That, that, that's how I feel. No disagreement. I like that. So, Emmanuel, quickly, RJ, I'm going to go with John, the guy who needs to be our most improved, as you always say, which is Mitchell Robinson. I'm actually, I'm looking forward to see how Mitch comes back. Like he, the last thing we had was like that Wizards game where he was just going off, like uh, really just like he had incredible his game, <laughs> threw yeah. his stones on the table, said, "I'm here." Um, yeah, I, I want to see him come back and be the center that we need, not this. You know, it was fun rookie year where he I think he led in PER you're like oh wow what what's this and then you see that he has crazy blocks the crazy athleticism we know all of that I want to see it all controlled and just playing letting the game come to him for once because if he can let the game come to him and not have to attempt to block every single shot or attempt to you know go above and beyond to get a crazy slam I feel like we're we're in a different stratosphere as a team. If you can have him as a true starting center, and then, you know, oh yeah, for sure. I, I, I think I think uh, who is it? I think Alan Hahn said it uh, on Knicks Fan TV where it's like he so he could have seen if if we had Mitch, that game's different. That's a, that's like a longer contested yeah. series game. The and series, I could, yeah, yeah, and I could see that because we're talking about a guy who could match with um, Clint Capella like athletically size wise, like I'm not, I don't, I still think the Hawks would probably win because they're a better team. Well coached. Um, but I think it would have been more of a game just because we saw Noel get bullied. He's not as good as a pick and roll defender as Mitch is like Mitch is just so athletic where he can do all those things. And that's who I really want to see come forward. And I know John's going to ask this question. So I'm going to beat him to it. Macri, the Mitchell yes. Robinson extension. What's what about it? Yo, <laughs> is it I, happening? Macri, <laughs> Mitchell I mean, Robinson extension. <laughs> I'm dying over here. Um, my, my guess is that it's not going to happen. Um, I mean, I, you know, what Bagel- reason? because of Mitch reason or the no, organizational I, reason? I mean, I, I think it's probably an organization. I think, I, yeah, I do think it's an organizational reason. I think they, I think when you combine, um, you know what? I think if he hadn't broken his foot, maybe we'd be having a different conversation about this, but like that position that part of the body getting injured and like Mitch is an otherworldly talent, but it's, I, I, I think there are still potentially questions about just, I don't know. I, I, but you know, I was going to say maturity, but I don't even think that's the right word because I think he has become a really good professional. I think he does put in the work. Um, you know, uh, Ian went on, Zach Lowe's podcast, what was it, last week, I think, uh, last Friday, and talked about how the effect that Mike Woodson had on Mike, uh, Mitchell Robinson. And um, that was a that was a big positive. But he also predicted that the Knicks were going to let him go into unrestricted free agency, which, again, I don't – and here's the other part of it. Just from a from a NBA landscape perspective, and I guess I'll end with this, is um, this – like there is not – a lot of money out there this summer upcoming because teams got the sense very early on, like, Oh, there's not going to be any kind of free agency worth spending money on. So like, yeah, there's going to be a couple, there's going to be a handful of teams that have cap space if that, um, but it's not going to be t- like 
If you look at the teams that are likely to have cap space, yeah, maybe one of them throws a big number at Mitchell Robinson. I don't know. It's possible. But I think more than likely, his suitors are going to be teams that maybe have the mid-level exception. So what is the mid-level exception? The mid-level exception is going to start at $10 million. So the Knicks know that they're going to be able to beat that. And they will, like, they will, if they, they'll, they will have an additional year's worth of evidence to add to what they currently have and then be able to make a more informed decision because they know at the end of the day, they can overpay him. And like, I, I understand unrestricted free agency is dangerous. He can go anywhere he wants, except again, there's not a lot of teams that have cap space. I think they're, I think they're reading this thing wisely. I think they're playing it smart. Um, is there a risk? Yeah, of course there's a risk, but I think it's a calculated risk. I don't think they're going, I don't think they're going into this, like just like, keeping their fingers crossed. I think they've kind of read the, read the lay of the land. Um, I'm like, what's the worst thing that happens? Mitchell Robinson goes out and wins fucking defensive player of the year and they have to spend a lot more money on them than they would today or earlier this summer. Guess what? That is a problem that they would sign for in a heartbeat. Okay. That's like, fair. if that's okay. the worst, if that's the worst thing, like, great. You've just won the lottery. Um, you know, so I think they, they're prepared to deal with that. But it, again, it's about having more evidence. Um, and I think maybe they just, both on the health front and maybe some other fronts. I think they just would like some more evidence. That, that last, that, that angle is fair, right? The worst case scenario is Mitchell Robinson kills it and we don't have him signed. And then we are forced to pay a luxury tax on it. I, I I'm, I'm with you on that. So yeah. I, I guess I'm okay with that risk. The, how I was thinking about it from my worst case scenario was we don't sign him to this. Even if it was a max extension, it would be a team-friendly deal, in my opinion. And I, I think that actually Mitch Robinson would be the one pulling away, you know, from that because of, you know, the new CBA that's going to be reworked. And there's going to be, you know, all these teams are going to have a floor. I mean, you saw Cole, Cole Aldridge a couple of years ago got a bigger contract from Minnesota than, you know, Mitch Robinson's going to get an extension. You know what I, I mean? mean? Like, I, look, I, I think, there, again, there's always risk. With, with letting a guy go into unrestricted, but what's the biggest risk for the Knicks? The biggest risk for the Knicks is no, Joe, if, no. well, I mean, it, it wouldn't, it, they can't sign him to yeah, a contract that, that big, high, but like that sort of, order. but like, again, the, the most they could sign him to right now is roughly 56. four for 54, 56, whatever, yeah. something in the mid fifties range. Like if he can, no? if he stays healthy and he's like, yeah, if he stays healthy and if he stays, with progressing at the level that he has progressed, yes, it would be a bargain, even at that position, because he could just do special things as a center. And I'm, and that's why I've always been very high on Mitch's game and his talent. And like, if he could just get on the floor and stay on the floor and, and just, I, I, I see the improvement. I'm very high on him. Um, I, you know, it's just, you always got to weigh the downside risk too. And I think they're, you know, especially with this injury. That's why I said if the injury hadn't happened, I think we'd be probably having a different conversation. I agree with that. And I think it's just so hard for them because as we've already seen just through like even one season, I feel like it's been, you see how calculated they are and like how they want to approach each and every single player and like how they mm-hmm. brought players back that they're just not going to start throwing money unless they have some sort of evidence or confidence or they know they're getting a deal. Like Kemba Walker doesn't happen unless they're say like, well, if they're not, they're not going to overpay for Kemba Walker. They could have easily yeah. said, "Hey, let's trade for Kemba Walker. We need a point guard." They said, yeah. "No, let's wait and see what happens." Oh, buy out eight million? Sure, done yeah. deal. 
All the contracts yeah. are, have a, a team option. So they're not going to say, oh, yeah, sure, Mitch, we only saw like half a seat, maybe half a season from last year. We were pretty good and we'll bank on that. I agree with you, Macro. Like they want to make sure they're investing in a player who is going to be one healthy, two reliable. Yeah. And shows that he's this, you know, Mitch has only been a theory for these past three years. Oh. Only for only for only for like last season did we kind of see what he could be. Because it's like we I feel like and I say theory because everyone's see like, oh well, what if he adds a jumper? What if he does this? What oh, if he becomes see, like all this and, and all this? I don't even care so about that stuff. I, neither do I, but I'm just saying that's where the theory comes from. It's like, oh, well, he could do all these things. And it's like, all he has to do is just stop fouling a lot of people. All he has to do is have a post game. All he has to do is it's like all the, all these has to, he has to do's is what fans were saying. And I feel like he's just been a theory for most fans than actually like, what do we actually need and what do we see from him? Which is just a uh, shot blocking rim running five, which is very useful in today's NBA. That's essentially what Clint Capella, all Clint Capella has a little bit more of a post game, but that's. Yeah. <laughs> but again, I don't even care if he could just be like, just give us a consistent version or a consistent, like what we've seen when we've seen Mitch at his best. If he could just be that, like the, I don't care if he ever takes a, a shot outside of five feet in his life. I really don't. If he could just be the best version of that guy that we've already seen, he doesn't need to do ever a thing that, that he hasn't done already. Um, I don't even care if he doesn't really advance as a playmaker and like be able to make a simple read, like just be a rim running dive guy, you know, and do what you do on defense. And like that, if you could be that consistently and you stay healthy, like that's worth, that's worth $12 million a year in a heartbeat. Absolutely. Totally agree with you on that. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to transition to a guy who we just found out is still in a walking boot and who had a poor summer, uh, summer league performance. More foot injuries. More foot injuries on this team. Luca Vildoza. I'm just going to just come straight at you. Is he going to make this team? You you brought up Dwayne Bacon earlier in this pod, and yeah. it is looking very likely that he could replace Vildoza. Vildoza had a poor summer league outing, you know, wasn't too confident in the Olympics, and now yeah. you have him in a walking boot, and his contract's not fully guaranteed until opening night. So it's not I mean, too good for this guy. My first answer is I don't really care. Uh <laughs> 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 I mean, all, all due respect to Luca Vildoza and Dwayne Bacon, but if either of those guys uh, play a significant role for the Knicks this year, something has gone terribly, terribly wrong. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Probably, I my guess is that he probably won't make the team, um, and it would be Bacon. But then, like, you never know. Who knows? Maybe they surprise us. Maybe, um, you know, maybe they they sign like MJ Walker to their 15 spot. Like again. Nothing would shock me, but, you know, Tibbs came out today and said, um, he said that, uh, you know, we have, we have 14 guaranteed contracts and we have one open roster spot. So it's not like you're going to see a surprise, like you know, Kevin Knox getting cut or something like that. That's, that's not going to happen. Um, I bet on bacon right now, but again, I don't, honestly, I don't really think it makes a difference. <laughs> I'm being just completely <laughs> honest. Yeah. Okay. So you, you kind of leaned into saying something has gone quite astray if Vildoza, like if we're relying on Vildoza, what this is going to be the Debbie Downer section. Uh, what, what is like, what is going wrong for the season then? Like, what is like the fear for like going into? Oh my God. I mean, there's there's so, I mean, well, I was going to say like, there's so many things that could go wrong. I mean, you know, if Randall 
regresses as a shooter, or if he, I don't want to say regresses because that implies that like last season was fake. Fluke, Just, yeah. you know, if, if he slumps, if he goes through an extended slump and great players go through slumps sometimes, uh, if Randall slumps, if Walker gets hurt, if Rose gets hurt, um, you know, overall the team's injury luck was pretty good last year. Like what if, what if that, what if that turns, um, they were pretty good in close games. I feel like they, they were, you know, they were a decent, I don't know what the clutch stats were exactly, but like, you know, they pulled out some, some decent games. Um, what if like, they haven't developed that much institutional um, currency, I guess, where like, like really solid organizations who have been through the wars and playoffs like year after year after year, like can, can sustain a losing streak. And like, it's, they know that they're going to be okay. You know, the Knicks don't have that. They have one year under their belt. Now I think they have a solid culture and a solid foundation and like good veterans and the whole thing. But you know, the, uh, what if they're tested? Like how will they respond? Like those are all things, but at the same time, like, I don't know, man, the more I think about this team and the more I'm, I, I think if they could just be relatively healthy. And I, I, again, I say that with the, yeah. with the point guard position in the back of my mind, because those, those guys are both yes. 31 years old. Yes. That's the X factor. But if they could stay relatively healthy, I don't see how this team is going to be a bad team. Does that mean they're going to be the three or four seed? No. But if you're asking me like, what's the scenario where the, where the Knicks go, you know, 30, what would it be? 36 and 46. Does that add up? Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Um, 36 or 46. I'm like, I just like everything we need to, everything that could go wrong, we need to go wrong. Um, yeah. absent some like ca- catastrophic injury to like Randall or something. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think the, I think the baseline is kind of like around 500, you know, 40, 41, 42. And I'm, I don't I haven't made an official prediction yet. I don't think, um, but I'll probably mm-hmm. wind up somewhere around 46 wins, 45, 46, 47. Um, okay. I, I think that's, What's I think that's 60? reasonable. You know, it's not sexy, yeah, but I think it's reasonable. Succeed. Succeed, uh, succeed. Do I think they'll be a succeed? That's 47, right? Yeah, I mean, they'll have to beat out another team that everybody currently has ahead of them because I think right now everybody kind of has Philly, Atlanta, Miami, and, and, and Boston ahead of them, which, Boston you know. This is a tough one for me. The Boston, Boston one is, is really strange. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm, the Boston well, I don't know one is I don't know if I'd say it's strange. I, I I I get why you're saying that because they were so bad last year. Yeah, like, what did they gain? It's not, but it's not, it's not. It's also not that they were so bad last year. It's that like I get that they have two dynamic wings. It's more so of the point guard situation that I look at, and that they don't really have a lot of playmakers. They have a lot yeah. of scores. So yeah. like I look at Dennis Schroeder. He's not necessarily a playmaker. I look at Marcus Smart. He's not necessarily a playmaker. And then you look at your wings, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. They're not the greatest playmakers either. They can do some playmaking. And that's like when I when I watched them play the Knicks question when the Knicks were in Boston, I didn't see the th- I saw it was like everyone was taking a turn. Like, all right, your turn. Yeah. Let's see what you do. Someone dribble around for a second, yeah, drive in, very pay, pass out. Yeah. yeah, very little. And that's what was and that was without Kemba too, I think that that game was without Kemba. So yeah. I just don't see how you can't like Kemba was probably outside of like Kyrie and like probably one of the one of the better playmakers they've had in a while at the point guard position. I think they took a downgrade, so that's why I, I find it strange that they have him over the Knicks. But you yeah, beat me to the. Did you have who me? How many wins did you have? Yeah, he had, he had forty five to forty seven. What did you have on the season? I have forty eight. I have forty eight wins. 48. I have the I'm I have saying, the Knicks. I'm saying you're at fifty. 
Sitting here at 50. Yeah, you're, Polito you're pressured wild. me into it. Polito <laughs> pressured me into it. I'm, I'm just going to be on that. He told me to give a round number. I gave him the 50 burger. But I was just wondering. Listen, um, man, I, I, if they win 50, I got... I'll lose be, my mind. I will literally amazing. lose my mind. I will be literally cool. be Matt Square Garden. Alex will be making fun of me. Tell me I sound like Brooke Lopez. Because I have no voice because I'm screaming. I've had Spurgeon. He does sound like Brooke Lopez uh, when he loses his voice. <laughs> I agree. But, uh, I agree. But, fit, yeah, Julito came on here with 53. Yeah, just, that's what I'm 53 saying. 53 is, I was like, I was like, 53. A lot of things have to go right for a 53, uh, 53 season. But, Macri, I know, uh, I know John's got some questions about, uh, KFS that he wants to ask you. So, oh, yeah. I just, I just wanted to know, uh, what you had, uh, lined up, man. I know. You're uh you're still on the the Zoom press conferences oh, yeah. right, for the so, Knicks and what what do you what do you got what do you got lined up for us at uh Knicks Film School this year? Yeah, I mean you know we're gonna we're gonna keep it rolling. We got a we're doing a an outing I think at the Garden uh, for I think it's November seventeenth. We're gonna I don't know Andrew and Jeremy are in charge of it. We're we're doing like a suite or some fancy fancy deal. Um, <laughs> I think tickets for that might go on sale this week. Although we're probably it's we're. Uh, we have a Patreon. So the reason I thought of that is because the tickets are, are being made available to our patrons first. Um, and I have a feeling they're going to go pretty quick. Uh, yeah, I'll still be doing the post games, post game live after every game on the Knicks film school, Knicks film school, YouTube channel. Um, still not exactly sure how the, po- how media availability is going to work as in like, will there still be zoom access if you're not in person, but I'll figure all that out. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, just, and obviously the newsletter still five days a week. I love that. That's my passion. Um, <laughs> my favorite thing to do is to write that newsletter. Um, oh, we love the newsletter, man. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah, no, it's, I, listen, I, I have fun with it. It's, I love to write. Um, I, I mean, I enjoy podcasting, but I, I love to write. Um, so how's it, how, how's it feel? Sorry to cut you off. How does it, how's it yeah. feel to go from like, being a fan and then getting to interview players. Man. Oh, it's, like, I, yeah, I'll, I'll never get used to it. I'll never, like, I'll never get used to it ever, 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 ever. Every time I get called on to ask a question, every time I get a response, it's like, what world is this where, you know, I got tabbed on the shoulder to be able to, to, to do this because and you know, I, they're watching your stuff and you, you like, you know, I don't, I don't know that I, to, I, I, I really will be honest with you. I don't know that I, I go, oh, come on, stuff. man. No, I, <laughs> you know, I really don't know that. At least on Twitter, man. Like they're looking at like, even like back in the day, Nick's film school stuff, when it was like legit, yeah. like those, like, you know, little clips, yeah. like hundred percent, they were reading those. Like if Mitch Robinson I mean, is going through Ariel's, you know, daily, you know, yeah. <laughs> like they're, they're looking, man. Hey, listen, Their eyes are there. I, I, I don't ever write. Well, I shouldn't say I, I try not to write anything that I wouldn't say to a player. So I, I, I try to keep it, keep it clean. Um, you know, but like, it's, it's an honor. It's an honor to get to do this and to be in a position where I have this opportunity. I don't, I, I've said this many times. I don't think I'm any more deserving of it than anybody else, which is why to me, my role first and foremost is to be a conduit for the fans, you know, cause I'm a fan. I'm always going to be a fan. I've never pretended that I'm anything other than that. Um, and to just try to represent the fan base well. Um, and, uh, yeah, man, just root for the team and, and hope this is, this year is another step forward. That's what we're hoping for, right? But, but yeah, absolutely. But dude, you, you, like, you've done some, like, like the last year for Nick's film school, like, was just 
outstanding. Like you had yeah, Mike Breen one. on the you had Mike Breen on the pod. You had yeah. Chuck yeah, that was on the pod. That was, you know, the, had, Mike, the Mike Breen one was really good. The one like you had so you had um, Jason Concepcion on the pod. Like I, when I saw Jason Concepcion, I was like, "Yo, really?" I was because like, I, I I love his work. I love NBA desktop. I love, I actually got to. Yeah. It was actually fun because I was at uh, the MIT Sloan Analytics Sports Analytics Conference one year and. I got to volunteer and I got to be at the room where all the, the guests were. So I got to see super, oh. I got to see all these people walk in. And then nice. they said, uh, they said, uh, Jason, I saw Jason Concepcion. I was like, I can't wait to see this dude. Like, where is he? And then he like walks past me. And then when I was about to talk to like, ask him, say like, I love his content. Someone pulled me away. I was like, God damn it. <laughs> like, it was like that moment. I was like, ah, yeah. Yeah. But that's nope. dude. Nick's film school, man. I, I appreciate you guys are doing an awesome job, man. I really awesome appreciate job. you, Claudio, Jeremy, Chris. I know the CEO, Chris Persian, and the CEO of the company. <laughs> no, Chris is awesome. Jeremy's awesome. Andrew's awesome. It's it's a it's a great group. We're really lucky to have uh, found each other and be able to work together and, and put the content out. And uh, yeah, man, Breen was special. I'll just say that uh, our episode four hundred is, is coming up on um, so what was it Friday the Friday the eighth. Keep an eye out for that one. Uh, that one is that one's gonna be pretty good. I'll just say a little teaser, right. a little teaser. Just we'll don't, just don't. Claudio, Claudio knows how to do a rollout, so we'll keep an eye out. Yeah, yeah I, I don't think I, 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 I'm going to mandate that he does not drop any hints about who is appearing on that episode until like maybe six o'clock the night before because I want to keep that one under wraps. But uh, it, it's awesome. uh, I, I promise you, you'll enjoy it. So definitely check out that that pod and. Uh, no, man, I appreciate you guys having me on. It's been fun. Definitely. Looking forward yeah. to it. But we Absolutely. can't let you off But before telling us where you think Ben Simmons is going. It's our number one question. You have to ask everyone <laughs> on the next on, on the next uh, Where do I think Ben Simmons is going? Um, oh, I've, I've, been, I've been saying Sacramento, I feel like, for the last few months. And I think I am going to change that to... I think I might change that to Minnesota. Ooh, okay. But one of those two teams, I think, will be the team. I think it's going to be one of those two teams. Okay. Right. You see D'Lo being in the deal for Ben Simmons? <laughs> you know, I, I don't, I, I don't even. I, I after what after he tweeted out tweet the other night. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, exactly. Yeah. I, I, I don't know, but I just like it's just it's going to be a team that like talks themselves into the fact that like, look, we can, we'll never be able to get the, a guy like this uh, absent a trade. This is our best shot to take a step forward as an organization. Um, you know, and someone pulls the trigger. That, that would be my guess. All right. All right. I'm looking forward. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that. I'm, I hope, I hope I want to see Ben Simmons trade. I just want, I just want some shake up in the NBA. I love it. I, uh, I, just, want, I, I just want the storyline in Philadelphia to end. It's getting annoying now. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. I actually agree. Like, All right, yeah, Macri, I Philly Philly games are basically home games for the Knicks game, so it's always fun to attend. So I love it. They're always on our mind. Yes. That's, yeah. <laughs> All right, Macri. Thank you once again for coming yeah, on. Please let course. our listeners know uh, where they can find you, uh, even though you just rattled off everything. No, I'll, I'll, please let, let I'll them just know. say, <laughs> just follow, if you follow me on Twitter, like I always tweet out uh, about the newsletters, the pods, the, any YouTube stuff. So it's um, uh, what is it? JC Macri NBA. Um, so, uh, yeah, but this was fun, and uh, I enjoyed talking to you guys. And you guys have a great season with the pod and everything, and uh, I'm sure I'll, I'll catch you on Twitter, okay? Absolutely. Thanks, Thank you, Matthew, we'll see you for at everything. The game. Yeah, 
Absolutely. We'll you up and we'll be reading every uh, all your feelings uh, in the morning, whether they're up or they're down. <laughs> I, I appreciate it, boys. Take care. All right. Later. Have a good one. All right. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in for another Knicks episode of the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast. Please make sure to give us a five-star review if you listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts. And if you don't, it's okay. John, why is it okay? I'm going to throw it to you this time because you already know. Oh, okay. oh man, I'm up under the gun. You know why? Because we're on Spotify, we're on we're on Stitcher, we're on Google Play, we're on everything you need. We're on YouTube, we're on everything you need from Alex um, mouth to your to your ears. We are actually on YouTube. Please catch us. We are also going to be putting up these episodes live, so we'll be able to uh, chat with you while they're going. So that'll be awesome as well. Like a new little wrinkle. And don't forget about our Madden. 22 subscribe send us a screenshot and um we have a winner coming up uh shortly there absolutely and if you do follow us on youtube please make sure to give us that like hit the notification bell subscribe thumbs up for your boys yeah absolutely it's only the polite thing to do all right <laughs> and then make sure to follow us on all social media platforms whether it's twitter instagram tiktok facebook you know we're there thank you everyone for tuning in for another next episode of the next jets etc podcast we'll catch you later for another jets episode Later this week, because take on the Titans, baby. Yes, we (laughs) do. Let's go, Knicks.